time for two blokes talking tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. For the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 262. Thanks to the good people at Netgear. My name's Trevor Long from EFTM.com.au. And joining me in the studio, <laughs> Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mate. G'day. I should put my radio voice on. Hello, Trevor. How are you We, uh, we should thank the Macquarie Media uh, <laughs> Limited for the use of their studios. They don't know where they're using. but um, Well, we do. We do. We you, do you're perform a lot of activities I'm for them. CGB, We're we, in the mothership. Yeah. We're That's in Radio right. City, uh, as yeah. uh, as Stuart Bocking calls it, and uh, we're using one of the Mothership Studios yeah. here. And this is—is uh, is this an audition, mate? Because someone be listening to this, and this could be a, then a, a radio program. Oh, look, I don't want to break it to you, but someone <laughs> listens every week. It's a podcast. <laughs> but I mean, someone who someone who can. Are make you a saying decision. our listeners are not important? No, <laughs> that's not what I said, Trevor. That's not what I said at all. I mean, I, I was suggesting that maybe mm. someone in a position of authority. Mm from the Macquarie Network might be thinking these blokes are just genius. Well, they, they need their own show. To the guys. people who are listening who are influential, and we've, we've <laughs> named them over the years, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, those kind of people. <laughs> yeah. well, let's be clear, yeah. money talks. Yeah. And if we walk right. downstairs, the right price, if we we'll walk downstairs this. to Russell Tate, Mark Noakes, uh, Adam Lang and said, yeah. you know, there's X number of dollars on the table, give us an hour of radio, oh, I don't want to break it to you, they'd give it to us. Yeah, absolutely. It's that simple. Yeah. Anyway, Two Blacks Talking Tech is the podcast. It is episode 262. We're doing a thanks to the good people at Netgear. Let's get on with the week in news. All right. Now, the federal election is not something we're going to talk about politically. Although we might digress slightly, yeah. Um, but I, I was on air on TV on Sunday, wrapping up, you know, their post-election coverage, and Jeez, there wasn't much to talk about that day, no, Trevor. No, there wasn't. But <laughs> one of the things that slowly came up on the day, but wasn't a huge um, theme, but because I didn't want to push too hard on the tech angle, was why is it taking so long to count the votes? Why are we still filling out bits of paper? Why is because the AEC stopped counting for two days, not because they were bored why? and didn't have the stuff, but they stopped because they had to collate all the papers, put them in boxes, send them back to their home division, and then count them. And I'm just like, yeah, A, it's 2016. Can't, can't you just count them where they are? Why do you have to send them anywhere? Anyway, so... Yeah. Basically, let's talk about the concept of going a little bit more high-tech. Now, I mentioned this excuse me, on the weekend. I voted in the state election using my iPhone because yeah, right. they have an iVote system in the, yes. in the in the state election. But I understood the iVote was for people with, uh, like, they were blind. Or you, any, ju- you just have to... T- you, do you have some kind of disability? <laughs> it, 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 was, it was available to people who, who were away, like out, ah. of, out of area as well. Okay. So I assumed that I was going to be out of area on that day, and I yeah. used the system. Right. It worked fine. It worked completely fine. So, so, that was, so that was on your smartphone, on, on your phone? Yeah, it's just a web. It's just a website. So on the right? internet. Yeah, just okay. using... using the, an inter- the argument I've been hearing is that what about if you don't have access to the internet? And well, there's a lot of voters, let's be frank, there's a lot of totally. older voters who don't have a computer. And oh, my answer to that was, well, they can go to a polling booth where there is a computer. That's right. Now, yeah. <clears throat> here's my thing. I don't want to advocate for an app for the next election. I want us to have a, a 15-year timetable, and that's a realistic, mm-hmm. in terms of federal government bureaucracy, a 15-year timetable towards an app-based voting system. Yep. And, you know, next election, it would start with a kind of parallel run. The next election after that, it would have polling places that are electronic. Now, that's, to me, the that's big a, yeah. thing. A poll- So imagine you walk into the polling place, you pick up two bits of paper, and you, and you t- 
ticker box saying you were to who you were. Then you go to a cardboard cutout box and you fill in that bit of paper with a pencil. I'm advocating for a closed system, so not a networked system yep. between polling places, closed yeah. at the polling local, booth. Local, so a local local area network. A local area yeah. network at yeah. each polling booth, which has a device, not a you know standard computer, but a, an expensive device that'll cost the government yep. lots to engineer, touchscreen probably, or you know pen activated yeah. that allows you to multiple choice style, you know, well, just, pick just, your one, pick your two, pick your three, pick your four. Create a digital version of what's there. That's right. Just like an iPad. You touch the square to, but, to, to you for know, your vote. No keyboard, no yeah. USB ports it's all so that screen. it can't be hacked and but all that kind of stuff. Let's talk costs here though. Costing, yeah. like the federal election in 2010 cost $160 million. Hmm. 2013 was 193 million. It's going up, of course, yeah. and and no doubt the 2016 election will probably crack the 200 million mark. And the plebiscite later in the year is going to cost a bazillion. That's 100 I mean, million dollars again. Yeah, it, it is huge amounts of money every three years, and then you got the states involved as well. And the AEC runs yeah. it all. Um, it's just a simple conversation that needs needs to be had. It has now, to happen, mate. None before, of the politicians. But before, do you reckon it's possible before what the next election will be 2019, if mm. they may call it sooner? Yeah. 20, let's assume it's 2019. Yeah. Is that enough time? to get this in place? No. That's why I'm saying... You, you don't you put think a time, three years is enough? I, I don't think three years is enough to... I think three years is enough to create the technology, but I don't yeah. think three years is enough to change the mentality of the of the base. But right? maybe, maybe... I think you... Did you say earlier that the Have 2019 could be part tech, Correct. part normal? In the same way that yeah. the state elections, there was something like 2 yeah. million or 200,000. It was a lot of votes in the yeah. in the state election cast via the iVote system. It was so, actually 283,669 votes. 668 if I hadn't have done it. So I was just thinking The that. point being, the basics exist. So yeah. let's explore it. Let's let's yep. begin the introduction, and for for no other reason than it should it will save Make money a, in the long term. Yes, it will, and decide the, the outcome. Count. Hello, I had a woman on the weekend. I kid you not. If she's listening to the podcast, which I highly doubt, <laughs> um, I apologise. But she basically argued with me that computers shouldn't do it because they couldn't do it as well as a human. Well, well she let's said, talk, let's talk she about said, that. Though. How yeah. complicated is the Senate? You know, you got to do this and you got preferences. Yeah. I said, I don't want to break it to you. A computer will do that in a nanosecond. Yeah, and it would kill about nine million less trees printing out the forms. But let's talk about, though, the security. People are thinking, well, how secure is electronic voting? Well, my instant thought is, well, it's more secure than a piece of paper and a pencil yeah. where someone can ha- with an eraser could change a vote if then no one's looking. I don't want to break it to you, and this is a terribly negative thing to say, but what if the plane that had all the votes on it from you yeah. know Western Australia flying across the East Coast crashed? Well, exactly. Or well, the well, car, the car, the there? boot got hit, you know, ca- flame, and yeah, ball burned. Yeah. So there is, there's risks with uh, yeah. paper voting, and yeah. there are always going to be some risks with electronic Absolutely. voting. Absolutely. The question is, you know, how, and that's what I'm saying about the 15-year plan, changing the mentality of people to believe that it is, um, you know, as risk averse as 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 paper voting yeah and i think that really people would embrace it i mean absolutely well look look at look at life now look at life we everything we do is on the on the internet on our phone on our tablet that's life now i think it's not going to come as any great shock when people turn up at the next election and think oh hang on a minute i've got to vote on an ipad not on a piece of paper like hello it's 2016 it'll be Hmm. 2019 before we have to go through this again Hmm. and you know malcolm turnbull's in 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 the before the election was all about innovation and and Hmm. he innovated well didn't he yeah terrific Hmm. so so look look how we're going now (laughs) innovated a hung parliament yeah genius wow. wow um so one of the other risks I hear from people is anonymity. You know, if you're using an electronic system, can your yeah. vote be traced back? Okay, a couple of things. Yeah. Do you think anyone really gives a rats about your yeah. particular vote? No. And does anyone know your IP address? No. Off the top of so head? here's, here, I, you know, I immediately, without giving it a great lot of thought, had, had an idea. So yeah. there's, 
Matt, you know all the cardboard booths at the yes. at the school hall. There's you know there's twenty of those these tablets sitting there, yeah. and you still go up to an individual. You still cross your name off a list in the first few elections. Well, you know what? And they and <laughs> they and they they give you a, a they, they, there's a bowl of keys if you want to look at it that way, and you just take one. It's authorized, so it's anonymous. You pick, you choose yeah, yeah, the I key, understand, understand. and that authorizes your vote. You put I was it wondering in. What sort of party you were talking it's about a, there with a, the car keys? It's a one off. You use it, and then you you drop the key in a in another box, and it's yeah, you yeah. voted. So well, it's you know what? When I went, token. I rocked up with my wife. We we voted in. Uh, Pagewood vote, early, vote once, vote early, vote often. Yeah, it was, it was about ten o'clock in the morning, and we rocked up. And you know how you got to change your name? Mm. You got to just tell them who you are. Yeah, they didn't even ask for ID. I said, well, no, they he, never do. Here's, here's my ID. They never do. But then, but then the woman who was on the desk, she she crossed my name off, and then when she came to cross Joe, my wife's name off. She actually crossed off the wrong name. I said, "Hang on a minute, you got that? You did the wrong name." She goes, "Oh, sorry." So she had to put a little X next to the other person that she crossed out, and then cross out Joe's name. She would have got a fine if I hadn't noticed that. I had people on the weekend say that the little signature in the little, in the corner wasn't there. So is that a formal or informal? Like it's yeah. it's this. There's as well, many problems a, with humans as there are with computers. That's another great point. Electronic voting would stop a lot of these. Nonsense votes. That I'm sure you, can't you saw draw on a social. Dick on an electronic That's right. Form. Yeah, you can't just sort of put you know vote one John Snow King of the North. Yeah. So but you can, but you can you vote informal? I'm though? in favour of allowing informal votes. Yeah. So I'm in favour of letting people go one and then submit. Maybe and it says, a, maybe an alert pop pops up says you're this voting is an informal. informal vote. Are yes. you sure? Yes. And they say yeah, bloody oath. You, you know what? That could actually. There's, there's a lot of people that may have voted inadvertently informal. That's the point. But right? With electronic, they'd be able to say, hang on a moment, you get a notification. Six percent of New South Welshmen voted informally. Now, yeah. I reckon 5% did it intentionally, but yeah. the other 1% just made a mistake. They thought, whoops, yeah, I know. So a computer yeah. can stop that. So, look, Wow, let's do it. Get it done. I mean... Malcolm, are you listening? I was or just going to I should say, Bill, are you listening? Yeah. Or Malcolm, whoever gets Pauline, the Pauline, if you're listening. Uh, Nick. <laughs> Nick Xenophon, um, yeah. we love you. Yeah, the rest of you can get stuff. But Pauline and Nick, if you're listening, yeah. we're happy to be um, highly paid consultants because we're Absolute, not very cheap. Absolutely. Um, but, that's you know, right. the government that's pays right. well. Yeah. So we're, we're happy to consult on this. Maybe a, that's why we're in this mess in the first place, mate. The country, that's why they pay too well. That's why we're in this mess. <laughs> but we don't mind. We, we'll cop the cash, won't we? No, no, totally, totally. We're, we're highly available for consultation on all these absolutely. things. Absolutely. Listen to Two Blokes Talking Tech. We love your thoughts on uh, electronic voting. Just go to Twitter at Trevor Long, at Stephen Fennick with a PH, and the hashtag, hashtag Ziggy Zaggy. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, I know, I don't know about you, Trevor, but I, I don't mind going off along to a concert. I'm hmm. a concert fan, and whenever oh, I've been, my, to, I've been to thirty or forty. Me, me too. John whenever whenever there's a, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Whenever, whenever there's a good concert on, I, I always like you know an artist that you like. You spend your money. Yeah. it's big money to totally. go like hundred hundred twenty bucks tickets ticket. on offer. That's right. Unless you get a, <laughs> they get looked after. But one thing though that really annoys me yeah. is when the whole like you know I like to be close to the stage, sort of in the mosh pit. You know, like like to be the, the close to get the action. Farnham, shake your hand. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. And but what annoys me is what all you see in front of you. If you're not right on the front of the stage, all you see ahead of you is just a sea of smartphone screens. Yeah, people are taking video, photos, and not really enjoying the concert mm. through their own eyes. They're watching it through this five-inch screen. And like, you watch TV doing that, breaching the copyright of exactly the, right. <laughs> of yeah, the on the read holder. your ticket, people. You're actually well, but how are they going to police it? Everyone's doing it, so what yeah. are they going to kick everyone out? Yeah. Impossible to enforce. But Apple has re- well, they've revealed. The, the, Apple didn't reveal this, but it has been revealed that Apple has patented a technology that would be able to disable your phone's camera at a concert, <laughs> which I thought would be, I think would be 
brilliant. Like that would be allow everyone to say, look, you can't take photos and videos. Just listen to the music and watch the concert. Hmm. Enjoy it. Like, saying, you know, do, you remember, do you remember that photo of this? There was the a Pope. photo of a woman. Oh, yeah. Or, or she was or, like standing on a guardrail, and there was a. She was the only person sort of had a big smile on her face. Whatever she was watching. Everyone it was else like around her. It was, yeah. it was a march. It was like yeah. an old lady. Everyone was around yeah. her with phones. And she was just there, big smile on her face, not enjoying. And that made that went around the world, that photo. Mm. Why can't we do that more often? And like starting with concerts, mm. that is a great way to do that. And the, how they do it, the technology apparently is involves infrared beams that would mm. remotely disable your phone, however I, it works. I'll tell you why this will never be included in an iPhone. Do you want to know why? Why? Because what infrared is the most open techno- technology yeah. in the world. The, it, but people will just carry around these infrared blockers. It, like you'll be yeah. down at the opera house and you'll just be blocking people taking photos just for hits and giggles. Yeah. So I get the well, concept. I think the patent would go deeper than that, though. The, 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 if it's infra- I know you're right, it's infrared, but you'd Mate, think that the patent would be deeper It's so easy to program the universe for remote control. I'm pretty sure it'll be easy to work out yeah. what code it is that's required to shut off all the phones. But I do like where they're coming from. No, absolutely. I love where they're coming from because I've had, like, there's some idiot in front of you who's got their phone. You can't see. They've got their phone above their head. And what you can't I'm see. calling for is for Apple yeah. to remove the camera from all iPads. Yeah. That's just embarrassing. You're uncomfortable stop with it. people taking just photos with tablets, it. aren't you? Well, remember my mum did yes, it last week? Did, yeah, and it you made like, a comment about what it. What are you doing? I was saying to myself, Trevor, just let it go. Let it go. <laughs> let her take a photo with the iPad. Who cares? <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, like the iPad, you can think about tablets. People travel with tablets. Yeah. That's their computer on the go. Travel with and the phone that's, as that's well. Their camera. <laughs> if you're going to take a photo, use a phone. Yeah, I know Seriously, it annoys folks. you. So anyway, anyway, if you do see Trevor in the street, yeah. get out your iPad yeah. and take a photo. It'll yeah. really annoy him. Yeah, I need the I need the big angle to <laughs> yeah. get a photo of me. But uh, yeah, but anyway, I think great move. If this actually works, I, I'd, I would not complain. I'm thinking good. Because you can imagine too, I, I, I've been to plenty of, movie, of early movie screenings where, yeah. like I saw Star Wars in December last year, and it was like two days or day before, but everyone had to cloak their phone. In other words, not cover it with a bit, bit of hmm. cloth, but hand their phone in, yeah. in, check it in. Imagine th- that technology wouldn't have, you could keep your phone on you. No, you won't be able to photograph the screen. Yeah. So happy days. All right, two blokes talking tech. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, Fetch TV um, at the end of last week uh, launched in stores their uh, their new, uh, I guess, generation three boxes, um, the Fetch TV Mighty and the Fetch TV Mini. Now, let's talk about the Mighty first because it is kind of just a because it's uh, mighty an in- incremental <laughs> increase on on yeah. the Gen two. I've got the Gen two; it's a great box. We use yeah. it for recording shows. I was actually writing a list on on my podcast last night of all the things the Fetch TV does. Mm. You know, it's like five things: free to air TV, recording, streaming, um, uh, catch up services, movie, movie rentals. Show, yeah. You know, IPTV, there's so many things that it does just by default. The new Gen 3 box, the Fetch TV Mighty, $3.99 outright. You can get it through Optus on the STV thing. Um, And JB Hi-Fi and Harvey Norman. Absolutely, that's the $3.99. The the big improvements are twofold in my mind. Uh, Wi-Fi. Yep. The, the original box didn't have Wi-Fi, so you had to have I mean, power over Ethernet or, or a port nearby. Um, and that's a big deal for people. And also 4K Netflix. 4K, and, and, a, yep. and a radically improved Netflix interface, too. Like, it's lightning fast to use. Mm. So 
incrementally, that's a really good improvement on the box. It also has more tuners for recording TV. There's, there's, six, there's, there's four tuners, so that yeah. means you can watch up to six programs and, and record, record up to one, six, and, six yeah. and watch one. Yeah. But um, I, I think what I, what impressed me was the speed of the box. Oh, yeah. Like Anyway, like, I got the IQ3 for the mm. Foxtel box, and that is slow as a wet week when you want to change, the go through the menu. Mm. The the Fetch TV, the Mighty, well, was instant. Even they've just added Netflix this week. Mm. That is like changing a channel because yeah. I think some of the apps run in the background. That's right. And so they've got so like an app rest really fast. going yeah, on. Yeah, and really so that, that leads us on to the to the Mini. And both these things, we'll talk about the EPL in a minute, but both these things lead to, towards Optus's play for the EPL. But the Mini... I think is uh, an outstanding bit of technology. It's 150 bucks. Agree. It's ju- it's literally a mini version of, of the Mighty because yep. it looks the same. It Just, does. It doesn't have a hard drive. It do- so we, it does we, we everything. The Mighty's got a one terabyte hard drive to record your TV yep. shows, including the IP streams. Yep. So it does everything the Mighty does except 4K Netflix and recording. Yep. So it's ba- like it's head to head and leaps ahead in some ways of Apple TV and some of the things that it does. Yep. But it doesn't have the App Store that Apple TV has. But you can still, if you've got a you know crappy old TV that doesn't have MPEG-4 and can't get the new free-to-air channels, mm. 150 bucks. you've got the MPEG-4 free-to-air channels and all of that other stuff we just talked about, Netflix, Stan, yeah. Presto, movie rentals, well, IPTV. Here, here's what I love about it, and we mentioned the Wi-Fi earlier. Mm. I like the fact that it does have its own aerial connection. So if, say you want to use it in another room, you've mm. got an aerial connection, terrific. But if you don't have an aerial connection in the other room, say that you like my son's bedroom, he doesn't mm. have an aerial connection in there, mm. and he wants to watch TV, I mm. could give him a TV. TV and the Mighty, it's a sort of the Mini, and that can stream the free-to-air signal mm. to the to his room, and from that Mini, you can also stream what you've recorded. So your recordings can also be streamed to the little Mini box, mm. which I think is that that that's one of my favourite features if as you've well. Got a Mighty, and so a it's, mini. it's worth. That's right, exactly. So it's worth uh, you know each each of these you can buy these and they work independently, mm. or if you bo- invest in both, that's the added benefit. Uh, and look, they, they've come to market at the perfect time for Fetch. They've hit 600,000 subscribers. They think they're going to get to a million very quickly, and that mm-hmm. a lot of that will come through the EPL. So both Absolutely. these boxes are now available on a subscription basis through Optus. So you can get these as a part of your home broadband. You can get a Mighty. If you've, if you've got an Optus mobile account, for 5 bucks a month, you can get the Mini. And that allows you, because the Mini, as provided by Optus, will have the EPL app on it. So all you got to do is have an Optus mobile phone. You ask for the Mini. You put it at your, so at your home TV. Won't have Optus Sport? Isn't that a channel that'll be it, It'll have, the, it'll have the channels. It'll have the yeah, 11 right. IPTV okay. channels yeah. available. Um, it, it's it's a really compelling uh, offer from Optus. It's why Optus is doing so well in the IPTV yeah. space. It's why Fetch is doing so well because Optus is pushing it. Absolutely. Um, and if you've got an old Fetch box, probably worth talking to Optus about upgrading if you've got one of the um, ISP-provided ones. Mm-hmm. If you've got the, the, the Gen 2 that you bought from Harvey Norman, it's not a huge leap forward unless you've got really bad internet or something like that and you wanted to upgrade. But you, with the Gen 2 box, you can still watch EPL if you're an Optus customer on the Gen 2 box, can't you? Because I don't think the interface has changed very much. It's, it's uh, yeah, no, no. Uh, if it's so you can still Optus, watch Optus, yes. yes. But it's also available, isn't it, through IINet, Primus, Dodo, yes, all those Yes, but you can't get the EPL, channel, EPL channels course, unless you get only, the... Only the, Optus. But if you're getting it through your ISP, I mean, hmm. so if you're Optus, you get EPL as well. Yep. But if you do want to just get it through your ISP, it's also available my, through Dodo. My, my info is they're going to they're gonna release the EPL app, the EPL streams to all the boxes at some point in the future because here's the, here's the crazy thing. You can go to Apple and buy an Apple TV mm. and watch the EPL on that without 
ever having a, a, a conversation with Optus about a box. You just got to have an Optus account. So I think it's a disadvantage. Oh, so Apple TV is going to have an EPL app. Yeah, from through Optus, right? That's right. Yeah, so yeah. and you can so and you can watch it on your tablet, on your phone. That's and stream right. It, yeah, and and right. you can airplay it and all those yeah, kind yeah. of things. So I think Fetch needs to have the the, the retail Fetch needs yeah. to have the EPL app, but still requires a login for Optus. Yeah. Um, and I think that because I think, you, I think did you write this week about Optus EPL? Yeah. I, I did that a few weeks back. We should maybe chat just quickly about that. How mm. you can look at you can watch because EPL season starts in a month. Yes, that's right. So you can you can watch it on your computer. That's right. You can watch it on your phone, smart tablet. Yep. And obviously on Fetch TV. Mm-hmm. But if you do, if you don't have Fetch TV and you got a, like you got Apple TV, you can stream it, or you can. I think there are TV smart TVs now with screen mirroring, so you can screen. Yeah. You can mirror if, your if you screen. think of say Foxtel uh, Go, the app that allows yeah. you to watch TV, and you can't air, airplay anything, yeah. they've restricted all that. Optus has not restricted anything. So if yes. you've got an iPhone and an Apple TV and an Optus account, Happy you can watch it yeah. and you can stream it. Essentially, you either need an Optus home broadband or an Optus mobile yeah. account. With, with Foxtel Go, you know how you can't air, you can't air play yeah. that. But can you connect to HDMI and will that work with HDMI? Uh, I think I think not. I think it, it, it yeah, blocks I it think again. it blocks it as well. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy stuff. <laughs> um, but anyway, so uh, yeah, you're right. I did write yesterday a kind of a whole Q and A on on all the different questions around the EPL. Yeah, how I to get that, it. I wrote that a month ago. And um, yeah, I went to a bit more trouble. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, we see we're in the giving ourselves raps time of the show, are we? Okay, are you finished or <laughs> or more to come? <laughs> Two blokes talking tech. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear. Netgear.com.au. Check them out um, for the latest in home Wi-Fi uh, and router solutions. The Nighthawk X8 being the the boss of the team. It, uh, it has tri-band wireless communication throughout your home, active antennas that gives you uh, the fastest uh, speeds, beamforming, a whole range of the, the features you'll hear about on a whole range of routers, but things like the Netgear Genie the, for the setup, the, uh, the interface that's now available on the Netgear products makes it easy to set up and gives you a serious quality of service. So you can actually say, you know, I want all my IPTV coming through one network and put all the kids' computers on a different network so you're getting quality of service with your, uh, with your internet connection, because that's one of the problems. You get a great internet connection and you've got a crappy router it's not going to be the best um, uh, performance within the network so check out the netgear range of uh, home routers uh, at netgear.com.au two blokes talking tech. you're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. well we're, i went to an interesting lunch yesterday that uh, alcatel uh, held just a, a a bit of a catch-up lunch they gave us some uh, some information about the upcoming Idol 4, the Idol 4S. Uh, there's an also another phone, the Pop 4, which released through Optus this week, $119 smartphone. Uh, but we were chatting with Sam Skontos, the Alcatel uh, Australia New Zealand general manager, who actually now looks after Singapore, Malaysia, mm-hmm. and Indonesia. Well, he's through, done such a bloody good Australia. job here. That's right. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, so he's he's uh, he's done a great job, and and they are now number three by volume behind Samsung and Apple. But uh, it. it I found it really interesting that we were chatting about the Idol 4 and the Idol 4S, which we both saw back in February yep. in Barcelona. Rave reviews when the, when it was released back then. I think I did a hands-on look at it and wrote a little story. And But it surprises me that he, he they haven't found a retail partner or a telco to actually range the phone to take yeah. it on, yeah. and he 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 said, well, the the company's so confident that they're backing this product so much that they're actually prepared to bypass the telcos and just sell it directly to customers, mm. which which is rare to see in the phone industry with with uh, I, 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 at the moment. And and I thought, well, the Idol Four Idol Four S, which I both like, and mm. I've got the Four S at the moment. I'm trying it out. Uh, without the telcos. 
can this be a success? I think yes, because it's it's three nine nine. So it's not a not a nine 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 seven nine nine phone. The four S is five nine nine because it's got a slightly larger screen, five point five inch screen, five point two on the idle four. Uh, and I think it's really interesting that that this could actually be the case where they sell directly to the customer. Well, I think it's about it could be even cheaper. As it's well. about the size of the market, right? You know, you look at your JBs are selling direct. You look at the telcos that are selling on contract. And I think it's really just about a journey. And I think Sam's smart enough, and he knows this that if he if he sticks at it long enough, same with the other phone makers really they will create a new market of direct sales mm. i mean there's another company which we probably can't talk about till next week that are going to launch an online store for their phones you know it's not going to be uncommon for you to go to the manufacturer and buy the phone yeah um because often you know you've got these gray imports happening there's a whole range of reasons why not but also the telcos they either don't range them at the right price they don't range them at all or they range yeah. a different model or version it's just so confusing when the, the phone's great just sell the bloody thing yeah exactly but the telcos and this was a, a conversation i had with sam I actually wrote this whole thing in on tech guide the the thing with telcos is they want a sure thing they yeah. they don't want to have a warehouse full of stock so by that i mean if it's apple or samsung then straight in they're, hmm. they're in there yep. and if it's any other brand that they've got to take a chance on then they it, it's a struggle and, and even we're looking at companies like sony and lg and, and even they hmm. wouldn't get all the telcos That's maybe right. to agree to range products so hmm. a company like alcatel which is let's face it, it, it it's 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 great at selling phones under 200 bucks. This is a bit of a leap of faith now for customers yeah. to go, well, okay, let's spend 399 on this phone. And and you and I both use it. It's It's got as many features and the quality is what you'd get on a phone twice the price. Mm. So I think Alcatel really uh, are going to test the market out here. And especially against, uh, I mentioned, I asked, I had a chat about with Sam yesterday about all the other Chinese manufacturers and their kind of overinflated view of their own market share. Mm. And uh, he said, look, mate, I'm, I'm willing to open up my books. They can audit me and I'd, I'd like to audit them as well because there's a lot of other Chinese manufacturers that are that are overstating their place in the market, just right. how well they're going. Uh, and you know, Alcatel, as we said, are number three by volume. So um, it's a really interesting battle down that sort of the mid to lower level now. Mm. And he was just saying that, look, not everyone can afford an Apple phone or, or, or a Samsung. And you know, he said there's a lot of younger users. I, I was surprised to find that 75% of Alcatel users are under 35. Wow. 75%. And, and obviously got some older users. But he said things like, you know, people who are older, younger, but also credit challenge people, they can't get a plan yeah. if their credit's bad. So... There's a market there that I think 70% of people in Australia have either got an iPhone or a Samsung. So that leaves a quite a chunk for everyone else. Yeah. And that that's exactly who Alcatel's going for. Yeah. And so the, the direct sales model is going to be the way for, for Alcatel and I think the way for a lot of companies. And you can read um, Steve's full conversation with Sam Escontos from Alcatel here in Australia at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long. So about this time last week, I met with two ladies uh, just here, actually, just in the cafe here. Uh, Lorna and Bell is their names. And uh, they've started a company called Lorna and Bell, amazingly. <laughs> two Aussie mums. And um, they they decided they wanted to create a, a fashion brand that was tech savvy. And they have they have gone to China. They have found a manufacturer to make a high-quality handbag. And then they've gone to China and found another factory that makes a high-quality battery. And they've, they've had the handbag manufactured... To include the battery. So critically, you can buy a handbag and throw a, throw a portable power bank in it. Anyone can do that. Yeah. But 
having it kind of incorporated is, is a much bigger deal. So this handbag, which they gave me one to show Amanda. Are you, and, da- are you sure? I think you're using it, mate. You don't oh, mind yeah, a totally. handbag. Yeah. You don't mind a handbag. I'm using a toffee at the moment, and uh, <laughs> it's the same. This is the thing. I, I, I thought three three ninety nine is the price of this handbag, and I thought, geez, that's a lot. But mate, I'm, I'm carrying a leather. Mate, they le- wouldn't blink it. Women wouldn't blink at three ninety nine for I'm a handbag. I'm carrying a leather, you know, toffee portfolio bag thing. Yep. It's three ninety nine as well, right? Yep. So in the in in the back of this thing is a zip zip pocket where the battery is and a cable to charge it and a cable to, to charge yep. the phone and an adapter if you want iPhone or Android. But what they've done is they've built that in the back so it's not in the way, it's not in the way of all the stuff in the bag. And, it doesn't take up storage space. Correct. Yep. And Well, it does indirectly, but it's not obvious. Yep. Um, and then in the back of the bag itself, there's a pouch. So you don't even have to open the bag. You can just have the, uh, the phone slot into a pouch mm-hmm. and that's where it charges. My only um, feedback to them was, if you look at the battery on this thing, and I took a photo of the battery and put it on the on EFTM, they've, like, they've got a really nice... You'd call it a pretty battery, like it's a white with this, you know, chrome edges and yeah, stuff. I'm seeing it, yeah. And I'm going, why didn't you just? You don't ma- need it to have it just so been pretty. cheap and ugly, right? Yeah. But their argument is, you can still remove the battery. You still can take it with you. So they've kind of overinvested in the battery, in my mind. But anyway, yeah. look, it's a good looking product. The people that my wife showed it to thought it was brilliant. Yeah. Um, I've had a lot of feedback about it this week. So just so you know, blokes could be on the shopping list for uh, this Christmas, Christmas or, uh, or birthdays. birthdays. Mother, we've already had Mother's Day. So. Three ninety nine. The company's Lorna and Bell. Yeah. I've put it up on EFTM and. Uh, You'll find yeah. it at uh, the iconic and another website called Hard I've to seen, Find. I've seen the other other company. This is that's a great product from Lorna and Bell. Uh, I have seen in the past like backpacks. I think STM. Yeah, make STM a have got a, a charger, charger, charger pack. backpack. There's yeah. a lot of those kind of products, but I think what what they're trying to say is, you know, women carry around handbags. Women carry around. Yeah. So they're trying to trying to carve out another part of the market, which is pretty smart. It won't be the last bag they make, and and they're, sure. they're always looking at also looking at men's products. A great opportunity. It's a it's just place. It's a space in the market. That's it. it? Yeah. That's what it's all about. So good good on, good on them. And uh, if you Wife's want to want to have a look look up Lorna and Bell. Well, it's uh, been would you believe already eight months since the Microsoft store opened in Sydney. The the Sydney store mm. is actually a flagship store. It is, and is the first outside of North That's America. Right, yeah. So aren't we happy little well, Vegemites down here, where we got a a Microsoft store? And I actually had the opportunity, uh, thanks to the good people at Microsoft, to have a chat to some of their staff, just sort of get a feel for the changes and the evolution of the store, uh, how it's exceeded expectations, uh, and it was a really interesting conversation. And do, do you remember the opening day? I don't know whether you were there, but the opening day, the store manager uh, Nick Wells, who was the guy. I was on the microphone, was, was helped cut the ribbon, and he's still the, the store manager there. But I, he, uh, when I chatted with him, he said the biggest worry on the on the twelfth of November when the store opened, they were all worried that there w- no one would turn up. Yeah, <laughs> there, there, there was this fear. He goes, oh, about there were about a hundred people in the queue, and about an hour and a half before, I'm thinking, what's going to happen? But then. Just before the doors opened, like an hour before the Bingo. doors opened, the line was down the down the middle of Pitt Street Mall, yeah. and he he spoke about a few things about how sort of the store the stores evolved and how it's gone way beyond their expectations. They've actually doubled the number of staff in there. Their, their estimations for staff, I think they started with twenty six people or whatever. That's now more than doubled. Mm. So that that's an indication of that. Well, you know, we, we underestimated the demand here. But it's also I had a chat to their their community manager and they do a lot of some of their best work it takes place outside the store. They do a lot of community work, a lot of voluntary work where staff have a certain number of hours where they volunteer in their favorite organizations. That's part of their job description. 
auction. They've mm. got a volunteer. And uh, so that was really interesting to hear. And all, all the programs they have in store, including every week kids coding clubs Perfect. that are free. Uh, they have activities where they have, uh, I think they had Jared Hayne in there playing Madden, the NFL yeah. game. They had a lot of Xbox activity as well, of course. But it was really cool chat with one of the sales staff who they, they, they don't work on commission. She said, well, no, no, we don't earn a cent in commission, so there's no real high pressuring the customer. They're, they're, they're not called, they're not actually called uh, sales, sales people. They're called yep. product advisors, yep. and they're, they're, their job is to advise people on the best solutions and stuff like that. But she told me some interesting, a couple of interesting stories about how people use the store. A lot of tourists are in town in that part of the city, and you can tell at certain times of the day, the tourists will come in to check their emails <laughs> and then leave again. And she said one, she said one of her favourite experiences as a as a product advisor was a she she a deaf a deaf woman and her husband who was also deaf uh. came in the store and they wanted to buy a phone and it said she said it took a while for them to communicate what they wanted but mm. she eventually established the fact that they needed a phone and the type of phone and, and so there was a lot of sign language going on that yeah. probably they had to make up on the spot yeah. but it, it, it she said look I spent an hour with them and and she was that that really made her proud of of what of her job there yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's it, 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 look everyone does say look you know it's just an, a rip off of the apple store which sort of yes and no but the the whole microsoft experience including their answer desk they got all these events uh their customer service uh is has been really well received mm. customers are coming back uh the head office so the mothership is 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 over the moon about how well the store's going so much so that there's potential for a second store to open somewhere in australia based on the success of that store very nice you can read all about the microsoft store and it's eight-month anniversary uh, on uh, techguide.com.au. Now, this one's difficult to talk about because it sounds always sounds a little bit egotistical to talk about business class travel, but we do, fortunately, get to travel business class now and then. And I'm telling you... Now and then? I've had... <laughs> Isn't it, isn't it your rider? It's business uh, yeah. class or nothing. Is that is that how it works, yeah, mate? Absolutely. Hey, I'm not. I I prefer to go business myself. I, I tell companies, you know, like you want to get a good yarn. No, I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever they offer me. I I simply we the pro- and, and let's be clear. We we've talked about this before. But one of the reasons is we're we're on the ground for like. 24 hours sometimes wherever you are yeah. and you're actually you're in and you're out you've yeah. got to you actually get stuff done you've got that's, to be in some reasonable sort of shape that's the reason business class travel exists but absolutely. one of the problems I've I've absolutely had I had it happen yeah. on a United flight and I've seen it happen at least 10 times in fact on our last trip to America I saw Chris Griffith um, no Peter Wells retrieve the phone of Chris Griffith because smartphone had fallen down the back of the business class seat because Whoops. if you can imagine obviously the business class seat is, is a little bigger and, and it has this kind of cocoon behind it where the seat mechanism is and where the bed becomes when you lay it down. And I've had it where my phone's been in my pocket or on my lap listening to music and you fall asleep and the phone just drops down. Now, what's happened twice? There was reports this week of one. I can tell you it's happened twice and there's two ATSB investigations. The first one was on a Qantas A380 into Dallas. The second one that's been reported more widely was a 747 into LA. Mm -hmm. Phone dropped down behind the seat. A passenger didn't know. They've reclined their seat, and the seat ha- the seat has crushed the phone. So it's caught in the mechanism. Caught in the mechanism. Yeah, crushed wow. the phone. I've got a photo of one of the physical phones that was crushed on the on on, on the Dallas flight, yep. and it's just it's annihilated and basically exploded. Now, when I say exploded, it's not a bomb going off. It's it's a you know a battery piercing and therefore a lot of energy being dispersed. So yeah. you know acrid smoke. smoke you know yeah. the smell of fire, acrid smoke, and these kind of things. And the and the phone is obviously destroyed. And and, and just in any kind of event like that. 
in the air on an has, aircraft has is, to be investigated. Is hugely, yeah, they're very careful. And here's about the thing: it. Qantas is now having to warn people on the planes: do not mm. recline your seats unless you know where your phone is. Mm. So it's a really interesting one to me because. You know, we don't use our phones on the plane for calls or anything, but we're now using music. them more for music and different things, and there'll yeah. be in-flight Wi-Fi more and more on planes. So it's probably going to become a problem. And they allow you to stream. They allow you to stream to your devices That's too. right. But I've got a question. Hmm. If you, if that was me, say hmm. that I did that, my phone fell down, I hmm. reclined, crushed my phone, is that my fault or the airline's fault? Who, who's responsible for that? Oh, I think the, the passenger's responsible. If, I was the pa- if the passengers here were asking for compo from Qantas, I'd tell them to stick it up their bum. What a stupid thing to ask, <laughs> right? You've, it's, yeah. it's bad luck, champ. But, yeah. you know, I can imagine doing it accidentally because you kind of you go, oh, it must be back there, so you recline a little bit to see if you can get your arm down there or whatever. But very, but it's very a, it's, dangerous it's stuff. A, but those, the seats on in business class, um, hmm. the rare times I've been in business class <laughs> they, you drop anything down there That's and right. you say you can say goodbye it's you're gone. not going to get it back Mate. I remember back in like back in the day or years ago do you remember when when uh, the some phones that had a stylus yeah. you lose a stylus it's gone forget about it mm. and even you lose a pen down there like you know what don't even bother looking you're not going to yeah. find it there's probably so a few imagine, crushed pens but just oh wow but they, don't, but they see, don't have batteries in them do they if you want to see the damage that a business class seat on a Qantas flight can do I've got a photo of it on EFTM yeah, it's, it. it's one of the one of the phones that was crushed. So a warning to anyone travelling and, and 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 an important one for Qantas to work out what they're going to do because they're going to have to change either their mechanisms or some sort of structure to the way yeah. that that, um, that happens because it ain't a good look for them. Mm. So interesting times and I thought it was an interesting Maybe story. Maybe they'll build in a phone holder. In the, in the, like Which, you know, so, so in you it of itself your phone is probably it. a smart little thing yeah. to do. Because you know how, like, some business class uh, on some, you know, the, the times that I do get business class, you know how there's areas where you can put stuff? Yeah. You can put your headphones, you can put your book, well, I'll tell you right now, Etihad business class has a spot for everything. Oh, you've been Etihad. It's unbelievable. Have you really? Okay. Yeah. Whereas United <laughs> business class was appalling. I didn't yeah. put the phone there because it's right behind, behind you. Behind you, yeah. Stupid yeah. place. And, the, and even the headphone jack was behind you as well. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. silly. Yeah. Anyway, two blokes talking airlines. Two blokes talking business class. All right, it is that time of the week where we get to Stephen's minute reviews before he dush, rushes off to do his um, uh, 2GB tech spot with Warren uh, Moore filling I'll, in for Chris Smith. I'll be all talked out. You will be. Get on yeah, but it's good practice. This is good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this you've, is the warm-up. Hank, what? This is the warm-up. That's your warm-down. This warm is the main down. show. Oh, exactly. yeah, yep. That's, That's your right. warm-down. Good call, okay, mate. Well good call. Done. Warm-down. Um, now, the first product, I love this product. It's the Logitech uh, keyboard that you're going to talk about. The K780. Now, this is a multi-device wireless keyboard. Now, you think about the, situ- the scenario. I'll give you my scenario is I've got this connected to my Mac at home. And oftentimes when you get you get a message and your sort of focus goes off what you're doing and you, mm. you get on your phone and you type on the screen and then you try to get back to what you were doing and it kind of takes time and it distracts you from what you're doing. What I've found with this is that the ability to, to, to link three devices uh, and you can easily switch between the three. So you can have your computer, in my case I had my iPad and the phone, and allows you then to rather than typing on the glass, mm. if you receive a message or an email, you can just switch it over using the keyboard in front of you bang and then it's it's a great way to get through whatever you need to and do it's on not the, the first time they've done that multi-switching but this is the first time they've had a little tray at the top yeah. of the keyboard where you can actually sit your devices so you can easily sit a phone and an iPad yeah. on the keyboard sit, sitting upright I, so you I can fitted, see them I fitted the iPad Pro 12.9 inch wow. iPad Pro on that tray on, on the little holder there and angled it perfectly uh, if, if you've got a smaller iPad you can have your iPad and a phone next to the phone next to it as hmm. well you could in fact take the keyboard unplugged from the computer and just sit at a at absolutely the 
the kitchen bench yeah. with that as an as the iPad Pro it, keyboard. I've got it in my bag right now. Yeah. I've got my iPad as well. Yeah. So that's a, that's a solution as well. Yeah. Rather than spending, I think is it two sixty nine for the iPad Pro's yeah. smart keyboard. Uh, so you can spend one forty nine on this keyboard, mm. and it's got a twenty four month battery life. Wow. And if you want to connect it to your computer, it's also got a unifying. A lot of desktop computers sometimes don't have Bluetooth, so it's got a unifying USB dongle yeah. so it makes so you can connect wirelessly to your computer as well uh, and I, I really like it. it's so quiet yeah quiet the keys I actually, you, you know what normally away. I don't I don't go along with a test keyboard mm-hmm. but I've been bashing away at this thing for a couple of days it's, I, cool. it's a really good keyboard to use so I like it the K780 149 Stephen's full review shortly at techguide.com.au And this thing is probably the uh, mother of all beauties in terms of uh, yes. ultra-slim laptops. Well, the HP Spectre, uh, I, I've, I've written the fact that it's the world's thinnest laptop, but I thought, you know what, I want to I want to test it out. I want to try it as well. And I'm happy to report that, that while it looks really pretty and it's all thin and light, that it's actually got some grunt behind it as well. So it's there's brawn to go with the beauty, as I wrote mm. in my review. And, and usually with a thin laptop, there's a lot of compromises. It's either battery life, processor power, the amount of RAM, or mm. there's usually there's a, 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 a compromise. But in the case of the HP Spectre, they've absolutely nailed it. It's got a 13.3-inch screen with Gorilla Glass, three USB-C ports, which are actually on the back hinge, and two of them can be used as Thunderbolt 3 connections. The USB-C is also for power. Also, the, the design, too, the hinge design uh, it allows that to open fully but not take up too much space, which is the whole idea for that slender the, the slender dimensions, which are, by the way, 10.4 millimetres. I've taken a photo of it next to a AAA battery, and they're about the same size. Uh, so it also weighs just 1.1 kilo. But on the, uh, I mentioned the, the compromises being the processor, not the case here. i7, uh, 512 uh, gig of SSD, if you want, 8 gig of RAM standard. And that's that processing power is very impressive. So don't think because it's thin and light, it isn't powerful. That's not the case. The HP Spectre delivers. But also on the battery side, Side, another another thing that suffers with ultrabooks not so with the HP because what they've done they've got four prismatic battery cells so rather than having one chunky battery they've spread the battery out into four different areas of the chassis where they've got room to make up that battery life and and, and I got eight and a half hours out of one charge mm. which I thought was really impressive the HP Spectre 13.3 starts from 2299 bucks check it out techguide.com.au you're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. And that's a wrap. 262 episodes down and probably another 273 to go. I mean, at a guess. It just felt right in this studio, don't it you did, reckon, mate. Trevor? It I did. think it was pretty good. Mm, mm. Yeah, I normally sit in this very seat for my 2GB segment. I'm going to have to take you down to the brand new 2GB. Yeah, well, there we go. They're actually the brand new 2UE studios, yep. but... Uh, theory is 2GB will be down there for a little while. I guess they'll stay down there because they're very nice. Is that right? Okay. Um, but, but aren't uh, they going to make these nice up this end as well? They can't be as nice as those <laughs> ones. Uh, we'll be back next week. Two blokes talking tech. Uh, thanks to the good people at Netgear. Netgear.com.au. Check us out on Twitter. I am at Trevor Long. He is at Stephen Fennick. My website, eftm.com.au. His is techguide.com.au. And anything you want to say on Twitter, we'll take it. We'll cop it on the chin. Yeah, and reply. Use the hashtag Ziggy Zaggy. Back next week. See you then, mate. See you, mate. <laughs>